UK Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. A very warm welcome to the show, Gregory, and the White Cloud Group. It's an honour to have you back on again. Well, thank you so very much, my dear friend Ian, and it is a a wonderful delight to be able to speak with you at this time once again. I thank you so much for inviting us all, uh, the many thousands who are here, uh, privileged at this time to take part in this event. Okay, you're more than welcome. Now, I've got a couple of questions, or more than that actually, from some listeners that have written in, and I've taken some feedback off the web as well that I've um, retrieved this week. Um, now, a lady wrote in, a very appreciative um, listener, and she's written that over the months of listening uh, to the broadcasts, um, she's become fascinated by the beautiful and wise soul of Gregory. Um, Gregory may not be happy talking about himself, but I would love to know a little more about him. Now, I know we've covered this in a previous show anyway. Um, His range of knowledge is so huge, both for spiritual matters and of current and past events on Earth, to the extent of knowing the current activities of those who have now passed the Spirit. Now, I've got some questions here that I've uh, taken from this. Um, Can Gregory explain this? Is it normal for a highly evolved spirit to have such a range of knowledge of understanding or does he have a particular first for knowledge or indeed is the knowledge of others instantly available to him to tap into to enable him to respond so wisely and fully to my wide-ranging questions oh my my dear friend what a <laughs> lot of questions in one well, it's kind of one question there, really, isn't it? It's, yes, um... yes, in a sense, yes. Uh, well, my dear friend, to begin with, when I passed to the spirit world in 1723, what actually happened was that uh, whilst I was, in a sense, in the waiting room, not a room specifically, but actually uh, in a form of suspension, I suppose, when I first thought of my mother, Alicia, she materialized right in front of me, but did not materialize in front of me until I thought of her. She led me to the halls of learning, to the gates of the halls of learning, and said that I had to go to this place. So that's exactly what I did. I went into the halls of learning and became instructed in the art of gathering knowledge, in the art of looking observing, raising my vibration, understanding about the qualities of humanity, about the qualities of all other beings that once had shared the earth with humanity, in order that through the energy of love I may gain access to understanding they held within them. So this meant, dear friend Ian, that I was able Uh, Then, after much trial and after uh, a great deal of um, listening and observation of other beings and what they did, that I began understanding how it would be that I could open a book, shall we say, of uh, a being like a whale or a being like a squirrel. And I was able to do this purely and simply because of my loving vibration 
that I had come to understand was the key to me gaining access to greater knowledge or furthering myself in a sense. I didn't look at it as though it was greater knowledge so that I would be a, an ascended being. I didn't even think of that. I purely and simply wanted through my own thirst of understanding because I was all, almost semi-illiterate when I was of the physical side of life, I wanted to better myself, as is the case for all beings within uh, the spirit world who have had a physical life. They are all capable of gaining understanding and furthering their educational and uh, uh, glossary, if you like, of their life. So what they can bring in, drink into their lives within the very fabric of being does not rely solely upon the memory of what they had when they were in physical life, but is something that is simply a key access to gaining greater understanding and therefore furthering oneself in one's observation of the universe. To me, this was in a sense a, a cornerstone, a, a central tenet to the fabric of my well-being because I had always been blessed in a sense in the knowledge that when I walked among trees that I felt uh, uh, the great uh, canopy of harmony that I felt and connected with when being in that space. When I uh, walked with other beings who were uh, violent or lethargic or whatever, displaying other temperaments of themselves in physical life, I felt a great deal of uncomfortableness and unease. So therefore, it got me to understand before I passed that I needed to explore many things further, but I just didn't have the physical life left to do that. So that it was in a sense by the uh, encouragement of my mother, Alicia, that I was able then to further myself, not with a certain secret key that I was given by some higher being, but purely and simply by the uh, creation of my own understanding of logical sense that I could better myself in some way and understand more about the energy I am now than I was when in physical life. So I suppose, in a sense, the way that I am ma managing to move forward, how I have managed to move forward in this whole situation, was then in understanding that previously I had actually made this commitment to be a part of this wonderful group, did not actually, in a sense, resonate with me until I understood with this interactive state with these other beings through my book work that I had taken up as um, after I had passed, that I understood more and more about how I could actually access this information, not only that, but share it, not only that, learn from it, and try to better myself and other kind who are around me, so that I may actually understand more about who I could be, rather than what I was and what I had succeeded to being in physical life. 
I could understand now, as I have tried to teach so many others since within uh, the spirit world, and that others have taught me too, that in actual fact, just because we have passed isn't the end of it. It's the beginning, or rather the continuation of life that has existed for eternity. So that means to say, long before there was ever human beings, long before there was ever the planet Earth, solar system, or in fact, even the present domain of universe that you currently understand. So this means to say that the whole broadness of the mass of this understanding simply comes from a very simple logic, really, and from a very simple point of view, as I have a simple mind, that within all the best of it, there are all of these thousands of beings here who are trying to help me to better myself. And in doing so, I am, in a sense, helping others, I feel, to understand and establish themselves with the best that they are, with the best that they can be, and how bright they themselves may shine within their own light, within their own lifetime. That is my real cherished wish, and also, of course, to save that which is uh, a breeding ground, not for contempt or for negativity, but to try to better all beings from the spirit world who wish to have a physical existence in the shape of form human state or in the shape of other animal beings, however their species interact with one another. So my whole situation here as spokesperson for the group is not that I crave knowledge in a sense, I'm just doing my duty, my duty of care to the universe, my duty of care to all other beings, whomsoever they are, whether they be beautiful babes whether they be innocents, or whether they be people who have taken other life. They are still beautiful spirit, and in that respect, gains my respect, my admiration for their journey. However they have interpreted it, is something they have to face when returning to our side of life. But my job is purely and simply to try to help every being I am able to see who they really can be. So to answer just one of the other sub-questions in there, yes. um, you know, is the knowledge all of yours that you've taken on and learned, or oh, you, know, yeah. you have a whole um, group of other beings working with you, don't you? So you've got yes, yes. knowledge of thousands, every... Thousands, thousands. thousands. And, and my point really, my dear friend, about that, and I'm sorry to have missed that part, uh, but my point really about that is that it's ever-changing. You see, there are uh, some beings who have been with this group for a long time, others who have uh, actually been with it since they passed, um, and some who have actually returned after having joined the group many hundreds of years ago and then left and gone off and done something else and then come back again. Uh, and the gone off and done something else is usually to do with some aspect of science or some aspect of furthering the understanding of the uh, breaches and possibilities of 
the conscious state, not necessarily human, but obviously sometimes animalistic, sometimes different kinds of species from different planets. So my whole situation here at this present time, it doesn't just come from my mind. No, I would be a walking encyclopedia if that were the case, but I am not. I am purely and simply a vessel for many others to speak, for many others to use in order that they may help those of you on the physical side of life and also many others here present as well. It's not just teachers who are here. There are many others who are learning as well from the whole process of both the actual uh, physical mechanical process, if you like, of this interactivity state with the physical world and also the mechanical state of the ether world dynamic and how that may then in, in affect uh, different changes and altruistic motives which may be then uh, brought together to heal certain situations of the fabric of the physical world or some such thing as that. So there are many different connotations about that. After all, there are not just human beings here present, there are animals too. And their energies, their spirit, the spirit of horse is always liberally represented in these meetings and gatherings, as is the spirit of whale, and that means dog and various forms of wolf and various other beings, all from their individual soul groups, so that we're looking at and, and understanding within the energy of their most utmost vibrancy and conditioning. Is it also normal for people to have the same first of knowledge that you've got though? And do we, when we pass over, instantly know so much? No. No, no, no. No, you do not automatically, uh, when you pass over, know everything. And or, or do you necessarily have a thirst for anything? You might actually just uh, for a, a period of time, I know that time is not of an essence in the spirit world, but when you are lo linking matters to do with the physical world, it's uh, very necessary to paint the picture in the focus of time, so that you might have, say, uh, a being who sits there for 40 or 50 years after they've passed, making a matchstick man, and that that's all they do, or they may just uh, pick up sticks, or they may just uh, go and wander in some place like a, a wood or a forest or some such thing as that and just immerse themselves in that world. I know it's of the physical stuff and they're still of the spirit world. It doesn't mean to say that they're trapped or entrapped or, or negative or any such thing as that. It's purely and simply that sometimes some beings, that's what they want to do. Or they'll go and sit in the bottom of the ocean because they were never able to do that when they were in a physical state. Hmm. So this, this leads on to another question uh, the lady asked, and that is, is it usual for those in spirit to keep themselves informed of what's currently happening on the earth plane? Not necessarily. And sometimes, my dear friend, I have to say, there have been communicators from the spirit world using physical beings as vehicles who are not actually, uh, have not kept themselves up to date with current activities or current situations um, purely and simply uh, that they are beings, entities from uh, a different time period. That in itself can bring uh, quite uh, a series of difficulties. I myself had to surmount. 
so for example, being that I was from the uh, um, 18th century, the beginning of the 18th century, uh, 1723 when I passed, that in actual fact, what happened for me was that I had to make various adjustments to do with my personality and my vibration index because coming from such a time period and others from different time periods will bear this out as well, I dare say, that they have struggled, had to struggle with the conditioning from their time period to then become interactive with other time periods. In actual fact, you might, you may well have issue at times whereby uh, people from one time period, shall we say, in a, in a, who are maybe attached to a certain building, let's say. Let's say that there are different um, generations of the same family. So perhaps you might have uh, uh, some place like Blenheim Palace or whatever, and it has a, a whole history of hundreds and hundreds of years of different families living upon the grounds, or living within the, the, the beautiful uh, palace itself, as well as actually uh, being a part of that structure. Now, it may well be that elements, peoples from uh, various generations of that family don't necessarily interact all together simply because the conditioning of timing and the way in which uh, the laws of, how can I say this, the laws of proximity dictate that oftentimes beings of one century do not necessarily want to interact with beings of another century, purely and simply because they find them uh, uh, they find them perhaps crass, they find them uh, uh, ignorant, perhaps they find them as though they don't really mesh well with them because they're, they think themselves above those uh, others or something like that, you see. So you can have all different kinds of energies that link within this. I know, yes, they're human traits as well, but oftentimes people hang on to their human traits, their worldliness that they had adopted when in physical state, purely and simply because they, they're fearful of letting go of them, fearful then of letting go of themselves, thinking that they are somehow going to be overtaken by some other energy or some other uh, fearsome thing, oftentimes uh, simply because they have been... Um, perhaps marginalized by their own religious attitude or their own lack of knowledge has then in fact impacted upon their lives and and really be, led them to become quite insular. So sometimes, dear friend, we do have problems with this. I myself was very fortunate because I got to the halls of learning very quickly, uh, thanks to my mother, within just a few days of my passing, in fact. So I, I had no time to dwell upon the fact of my passing or anything else. I was simply led into a greater thirst for knowledge because I was so such a thirsty soul anyway. So basically, the, the, the White Cloud Group, um, well, the nature of, of the work that you do is all around the Earth. It's to do yeah. with sort of, um, I don't know, sort of protecting the Earth, really, by giving people knowledge about what's happening um, and how to treat animals and food and different... Yes, yes, yes. But that doesn't mean to say that it's a lesser energy, therefore, oh, well, it's around the earth. So that means it must be of a lower energy form or some such thing as that. It's, it's actually purely and simply because the spirit world, the ether world dynamic, as we call it, which is actually 80% of the universe, 
It makes up 80% of the universe. The other 20% are really gases, chemicals, and physical matter stuff that just appears to be uh, uh, how the universe is made. Mm. Is that dark matter? Yes. Uh, so, they call it black mass. So when, you, when, you, when you they say black mass and dark matter, what makes up that again? Is that the... Can you explain that again? Sorry, 80% of it is the... Yes, is the ether world. world. Is, ether world. It's called the ether world dynamic, which is, in actual fact, 80% of the universe. So, in other words, Fred, when you look at an object, all of the mass that surrounds that object, regardless of where it is or how far it is, is the ether world. The, the piece of mass is, in fact, a microcosm to how much of the ether world dynamic there is. If you look out into the night sky, you will see stars. But all of the space that's in between the stars is the ether world dynamic. Okay. Oh, I got you there. Um, so I'm just, just going through these questions that uh, the lady yes, asked as well. Um, okay, so <laughs> I think it's just one last question really. Um, in, in, the, in the last broadcast that we did, you mentioned that there were certain foods and chemicals um, that can affect a woman while they're pregnant and may result in someone being born with autism or maybe a mental imbalance. Um, and she wanted to know if you knew what foods were responsible. Well, my dear friend, it's actually very difficult. I'm not hedging my bets here, but purely and simply it is very, very difficult because it depends entirely upon balance, upon nutritional balance. It depends upon genetics. Some genetic uh, principles in human state are at risk, purely and simply because the food groups don't agree with them. That's part of the reason why you have it, that many native peoples, aboriginal peoples, who are not, in fact, uh, uh, in a sense, used to certain kinds of crops or that kind of thing, actually find themselves at great risk from, shall we say, eating wheat. Purely and simply because that can lead their endocrine system and their lymphatic system to become compromised by the imbalance of food and the different form of chemical imbalance that creates can also lead to diabetes and obesity. So we see that there are many different concurrent situations in the physical side of life whereby certain beings, for example, should not have uh, the kind of varied diet that they see other beings of other tribes have, purely and simply because their metabolism and their cell structure does not tolerate it. Their genetics simply responds to it in a very negative way. We are also aware that uh, various other forms of, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, different kinds of uh, manipulative states, uh, like, for example, autism or whatever, can be due to such environments as whatever happens to be in the water that's interacting poorly with the female or even with the male of, of the union that come, came to make up the child. So there are many different chemical imbalances which unfortunately pre are prevalent on your side of life at this present time. And I cannot nail down one specific and say this is because of this, purely and simply because it is altering 
in with every single estate of uh, generation that becomes a part of the human tree. So we are seeing that uh, certain people, whether they are from Indian dot uh, form of genetic and they are having trouble with certain parts of their endocrine system and certainly certain specific food groups that in conjunction with this and the various forms of water within them are then uh, creating an imbalance which then uh, sets off a chain reaction to do with the metabolic state of the function of the brain or actually how it evolves in the uh, infantile states within the womb. So there are many different conditions to do with this. Also, I would have to uh, air with this, within this as well uh, matters to do with the gases in the atmosphere, the, the actual makeup of gases within the atmosphere, uh, the, the, the difference of whether there are nuclear elements within uh, the atmosphere, uranium, or, or even, even slight derivatives of uranium, uh, even if that is background toxicity that is uh, judged as being something that's very mild and, uh, and equally quantifies with the background radiation that would normally be present. You, in fact, as physical beings, may interact with these kinds of in, uh, radiations in different ways depending upon your genetics and these two will have a dramatic effect on well-being as is being painted and pointed out dear friends uh, within these tribal areas of Iraq where many children now presently being born in certain villages and towns are actually having an alarming rate of uh, malformity, uh, of deformity, cleft palates, but much worse than that, uh, three legs, three arms, six fingers uh, in each hand, uh, perhaps 12 toes on one foot or something like that. So uh, not to mention the state of various different uh, uh, organs, vital organs as well. Some children only surviving for a few weeks at best. These are also due to uh, efforts of not just background radiation, but other forms of radiation, which are of course naturally due to the munitions used at various states of conflict, as well as chemical derivatives, which were also used. So we can see then that there are many different facets. It's not just one thing that you can nail down. If you lived in Cumbria, perhaps you might fall foul of various strengths of uh, situations of iodine or whatever within the water. I'm not saying categorically, yes, this is true in all of it, but in some places it is more prevalent than in others. You may find, in fact, that there is a raised uranium uh, rate, a, a, a raised rate of background radiation in various parts of the water table. Yeah, what about mercury? And that too, yes, absolutely. Um, mercury is, a, is yeah. a common ingredient in vaccines, isn't it? Yes, yes, quite so. And um, part of the point is, of course, that it never breaks down. Ever. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There's lots of different things as well. I mean, what about things like fluoride or chlorine? I mean, not necessarily autism, but as you know, something that's not good for us, in a sense. Uh, yes, yes. And of course, not to mention, my dear friend, all of the uh, low-grade uh, uranium uh, radioactive material that is dumped in the 
uh, I believe it is the Western Trench, which is just off the coast of Cumbria. Yeah, crikey. I've seen this stuff on in Iraq. I was absolutely appalled when I saw that on the TV last week. Yes. Some of the deformities are just mind-boggling. You know, I just can't fathom, really, what the parents and what those children are going through. Yes, that's Unbel- Unbelievable. But my friend, uh, the point is, this is not the first time, you see. The same situation has been painted at other uh, venues, if you like, at other uh, situations where human beings have tried it with war uh, of uh, using radioactive materials. And also, of course, in peacetime as well, using radioactive materials in so-called safe um, power plants and that kind of thing. Human beings have got to be very careful they really don't know what they're playing with, unfortunately. Uh, that's part of the reason why we are such strong advocates for the use of wind, wave power, for the use of uh, radio waves in order to actually direct energy and manipulate energy, because that is also something that can be um, very, um, very beneficial to humankind, as well as be destructive, I have to say. I understand there are, in fact, uh, weaponries at this present time being manufactured in your fair country to actually destroy life. What, using radio waves? Yes. Is that like the heart thing? There's like a heart project where they... Uh, yes, they use... it, yes, it actually changes, my dear friend, the, uh, the balance uh, wave form of, uh, of a living being. Hmm. Exactly, because we're all energy, aren't we? We're all made of waves, essentially, aren't we? Yes, that's right. Absolutely so, yes. Uh, You are all, each and every one of you, a vibration of uh, a specific density. So that would be between uh, perhaps 200 and 800 beats per second or something like that. Something dependent upon, of course, uh, how you resonate and how your frequency varies from one point of pitch to another depends upon your happiness, sadness, negativity, positivity, and the different interactive states that you have within and along your pathway. Yeah. What what about um, microwaves from Wi-Fi? Mobile phones, uh, yes, 3G well, networks. Yes, the problem with those, my dear friend, is that they produce other toxins within the physical body. Right. As, as a byproduct, that what happens with the microwaves or uh, that wavelength are, uh, as you say, with um, the situation with telephones, uh, that uh, the personal type. That yeah, mobile. Actually, yeah. Yes, yes. That what it does is it actually cooks the brain. So what's a safe distance to to hold one of those? I uh, mean, not not being funny, but what about if you've got a Wi-Fi in your home? Most people now have wireless networks uh, yeah, in their home. Yes, yes. Um, it, it's actually about three feet. Right. Yes. Okay, and what even holding a handset? Uh, oh, yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, my point, really, dear friend, would be that, uh, uh, so, for example, then in a vehicle, that it would be better for you to actually have the the device itself, uh, I suppose, uh, something like 
uh, under the bonnet or something like that of the vehicle. Uh, and then you would just simply have a transponder which you would be able to talk into uh, rather than having uh, the device itself, you see? Yeah, because I know there's there's products on the market, like EMF products, to try and mitigate the effects of this that you could put in your home um, that people are trying to work on. Because there's, there's not a lot you can do. We're sort of swamped, you know, in every direction with radio yeah, waves. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. I mean, it's not to say, dear friend, that you cannot have a microphone and then a speaker which is remotely placed in order for you to hear the conversation and take part in conversation. But what I'm saying is the actual specific device itself needs to be away from the living being, you see? Because of various other chemical reactions that happen during these uh, transmitted waves. Okay. That's the point, really, that yeah. human beings have to realize the chemical composition and how these interact and change the chemical composition. They actually play havoc with the endocrine system which governs your state of breathing, which governs your automatic subconscious autoimmune systems. Yeah, okay. Yes, right. so that's how you are putting yourself at risk, you see? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that means well. then that subsequently you can uh, actually succumb to different diseases that you otherwise would never have been subjected to. Yeah, I mean the the worry is obviously the the handheld handheld devices that children use with all the games on them, um, which are kind of Wi-Fi enabled. They're 3G, and and children use them quite you know hours at a time really. Yes, yeah, um, and they're quite hooked on them. And the last thing I want to do is actually you know, allow my children to play on one if it's going to be detrimental. But obviously they are. Yes. <laughs> yes, I understand that. Um, it is uh, of great concern, my dear friend, uh, especially too, because, as I say, part of the uh, interaction of children within these game units, as I understand it, is actually due to their chemical reaction that they have whilst using them. Okay. All right, well, not that one on the head for now. I just want to move on to some other questions. Now, yes, of course. Um, just picked up some feedback on the Philadelphia experiment that we spoke about last week, and this is quite an interesting question that I, I thought was worth asking. Yes. Um, I've, we've got a listener who greatly respects the show, they greatly respect the work um, that Mick and Sylvie do, um, and he, he basically, it sounds like his group um, investigated... Um, the the Philadelphia experiment in a number of years ago, and they concluded from the research they did that it was quite possibly a hoax. And I think one of the things that led them uh, to it being a hoax was that the, the I think the reported conclusion someone on the line was saying that the ship was sold on the USS Eldridge was sold on uh, to the Greek Navy, and and the question he's got is that you know. If a ship was really used in time travel, um, especially where sailors were embedded in the bulk of the ship, then surely it would never be sold on to another government. It just wouldn't add up. So I guess his question is, you know, was it yes. the USS Eldridge? And you know, because you've I understand um, the situation is, my dear friend. I did not look at what eventually happened to it. And the group 
were not necessarily uh, uh, interested in that part of the vested question. Uh, the situation may well be that it was. Don't not forget just because uh, you have a situation of one government who is painted to be uh, this kind of uh, situation or this kind of, oh no, well they would never sell that on because of what happened to it and everything. Why not? So my point really is that uh, many people on your side of life put a great deal of uh, or authority or a great deal of understanding into the behaviors of governments and what they will do in order to uh, make something go away or in order to make something uh, be trivial in order to cover up their own tracks of what they have done and created. And that has been the case within this and within many other situations. I am not, however, one who uh, readily believes any kind of hearsay situation or uh, very many of these conspiracy theory uh, uh, promises about human activity. So uh, I would say, my dear friend, it is highly possible that the vessel itself be uh, relocated elsewhere or broken up or whatever. I am not a party to it. All right. Well, I, I had to ask the question anyway. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. And, uh, and I know you're, you're you know, you, you're very honest and when, when you know something, you'll say it and when you don't, you don't try to, um, you know, flower it up with answers that you're not, Sure of so you know well, I respect that and, not, and certainly would not dream of doing so in this case. All right, now the last thing we want to talk about, um, and I've got enough time really, was that there's a growing concern really around um, devices used in the paranormal field that may cause problems. Uh, I know we've obviously got Ouija boards um, that people are using. I know that Toys R Us in America have um, been marketing and selling Ouija boards for children in yeah. pink boxes yeah um how sweet goes with the my little pony efforts yes it does if you look at the packaging it's unbelievable you yeah. know it's completely marketed kids um but now also worryingly as well is that um a, a device called a ghost box yeah. which is effectively like um it's an evp device where i think it's playing like white noise on a certain radio channel and then you can ask it questions and then a spirit entity can project its energy I guess into the transmission and you can hear a voice yeah and I've heard this myself and it's it is quite eerie and I guess the question is is this as dangerous as a Ouija board if you're just opening yourself up asking anybody to communicate more dangerous it is more dangerous than a Ouija board even though the Ouija boards for children is an absolutely obscene gesture I have to say, for any parent wanting to purchase one for their child is an obscene gesture and shows complete lack of cohesive understanding. That's probably because they think everything is just a game and not real. However, my point really is that with this ghost box situation, 
and sadly, there are even those who are clairvoyant who would like to uh, use one and who have used one. So it means that to begin with, energies that you are going to attract to such devices, either one of them, is uh, that these energies are going to be of a low vibration. Does that mean they're from hell? No, it doesn't exist. Does it mean that they are lower energies? Yes, it means that these are going to be beings who will have some or possibly any way of getting into your life as a physical being. They are attracted to your energy as a physical being and want some of it to use, to manipulate, to uh, so that their energy can become stronger through your fear that they create in this pathway. So the bottom line, uh, I think what a lot of people are buying these for, I mean, I know there's paranormal researchers that are probably responsible, but there's, I think now there's a lot of people using these to contact their spirit guide. I mean, the bottom line is, can they contact their spirit guide through this device? Would no, their spirit guide use this? Not at all. Purely and simply, dear friend, because uh, spirit guides who work with each and every physical being on your side of life are of a much higher vibration. And that if it were to be that uh, you would be able to do that, then there would be no point in progression. There would be no point in you as a physical being taking the trouble to develop oneself, one's gifts of spirit, one's gifts of insight and understanding and loving awareness and all of the other beautiful gifts that human beings have potential to understand and gain access to. It may be something of a trivial pursuit then, and that instead the whole situation is denigrated to a few minutes on a radio to ask a question or to uh, verify this or verify that. Yes, they'll say virtually anything in order to gain your attention. That doesn't mean to say these are beings trapped in evil or trapped in the underworld or some such thing as that. They may actually be come over at times as being extremely loving, giving beings. That's the lure. That's the way that human beings then let down uh, their guard, let down the, their energy so that they welcome them, them in. And that is all that it takes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite worrying as well because these, would they, if you asked a question, would they be um, clever enough to read your kind of aura or psychically yes. read your thoughts so that they could almost give you some kind of divination to what's in your life yes to impress you oh yes absolutely so very often this is the case and oftentimes it has been in the past that this is a situation which could be manipulated uh, manipulated by beings from elsewhere as well potentially hmm and that is a, a, a much more worrisome situation and condition. Yeah, because I, I think it's got taken off on, on YouTube as well. A lot of people are sharing, uh, you know, the, the things they're getting, the questions they're asking and the, 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 the results they're getting. And of course, I YouTube is, it spreads like wildfire and young kids just 
want to you know experience that as well don't they yes i understand their friends yes yes but sadly it is not a toy sadly these are very serious matters very serious business absolutely so they don't know what they are unleashing into their world okay well thank you for that anyway um i'm hopefully people will listen to that and um you know take something from that at least uh, to try and use them responsibly if they have to i mean is there a way of using them responsibly i if you were a paranormal researcher i mean would i use one would you use one no i would not because it means that you are gaining access to something that you actually do not know the energy of. You are bringing something into your life whereby you are just throwing the doors open without any knowledge or forethought of who that being might be or what they may have created or accessed in the past in their past history. Don't forget that these are beings who have had physical life and for one reason or another are in a sense of searching for access to human physical life energy. So are they in the astral plane, if you like, or are they kind of earthbound or both? I wouldn't say that they are earthbound. I would say that they are, in a sense, uh, where they want to be. So we're not going to say that it's in a specific plane because that is derogatory. And it's also untrue as well. The point is that different beings of different vibration, as I say, uh, oftentimes will find themselves in a very likened plane to how they were when they last uh, uh, took physical breath or perhaps that they will interact in such a way as to be extremely negative which is the reason part of the reason why they are still so attracted to physical life energy hmm. so rather than a plane it's more of like a wavelength more like a, a frequency yes yes quite so absolutely yes yeah think of it as a frequency rather than and it's a frequency response rather than a specific plane. Oh, yes, there are all these beings in this plane and they're all the same. No, they're not. They're all different. So purely and simply because of their life history has given them access to uh, their own specific wavelengths. And that means that they're going to respond differently. So, for example, then, if you're picking up, if you're using one of these devices and you think that you're going to gain access to the same person, they may respond to you in exactly the same way as the last person did when you spoke to them perhaps the other day or something like that. And they will use exactly the same response, exactly the same vocalization, purely and simply to gain your trust. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for answering that anyway. And um, thank you to our listeners, really, for um, providing feedback, really, because yeah. the whole show tonight has pretty much been uh, free feedback and we and we welcome feedback so absolutely. if anybody's got any questions then please do send them in yes absolutely so absolutely so and well it is with absolute love then my dear Fendi Ian, that uh, we are so privileged to be able to speak with you and we have so much enjoyed this interaction we do hope that your audience finds uh, various keys to their own life within their own journey in their own way 
and that they are able to manifest the best, the best that they can be for this life journey. Okay, God bless. Thank you so God bless, dear friend. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.